You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for, thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. And we greatly appreciate your questions, topics of interest. You can email that to questions at drhoffman.net. That's questions at drhoffman.net. This week, I want to get into part two of what I started last week. So if you didn't Tune into last week's Layla Ways In. I was talking about sucralose, which is Splenda, the yellow packet. Sucralose, emerging science reveals health risk. And I went through a myriad of health risks, and there is still more. Hence the reason for this part two on Layla Ways In of Sucralose, Emerging Science Reveals Health Risks. This is coming to you from U.S. Right to Know, which is Pursuing Truth and Transparency for Public Health. U.S. Right to Know. So we know that sucralose, a.k.a. Splenda, is the most widely used artificial sweetener in the United States and most commonly sold under the brand name Splenda, sucralose is used in over 6,000 food products. Wow, I didn't know it was that many. So it's often found in diet sodas, diet Coke with Splenda, diet Pepsi, Gatorade, all kinds of things. Uh, Atkins diet, diet, diet products, a lot of low-carb products have sucralose in there. It's not recognized as a carbohydrate in the body. And the sucralose backers have also claimed, you know, it's poorly absorbed. It doesn't significantly bioaccumulate in the human body. But studies have shown that sucralose metabolizes and bioaccumulates in rats. So, and based on this recent evidence, U.S. Right to Know petitioned the Federal Trade Commission, to investigate deceptive advertising claims by Tate and Lyle and Coca-Cola. In part one, which was last week, I went into key facts about sucralose, what it is, and what are the health risks. I, I went over leukemia, obesity, diabetes, weight gain, metabolic dysfunction, increased appetite, the insulin impacts, 
And that's where I left off is about the insulin impacts. And in 2022, a 10-week human study of sucralose consumption published in microorganisms, and I believe this is where I left off last week, concluded that sucralose amounts far lower than the suggested acceptable daily intake alter the balance of the gut microbiome while also being associated with significant elevations in glucose levels and serum insulin in response to glucose loads. Genotoxicity. A May 2023 study in the journal of Toxicology and Environmental Health examined the toxicological and pharmacokinetic properties of sucralose 6-acetate and impurity in the manufacture of sucralose that is found in products containing sucralose. Quote, findings for sucralose 6-acetate raise significant health concerns regarding the safety and regulatory status of sucralose itself, the researchers report. The study also establishes that sucralose 6-acetate is genotoxic. That means it can damage DNA. Sucralose in human breast milk and babies. Sucralose can enter into the breast milk of breastfeeding mothers, according to a 2019 study in the Journal of Pediatric Gastroenterology and Nutrition. The study of 34 breastfeeding women concludes that sucralose appeared in breast milk two hours following ingestion with concentrations varying markedly between individuals. Since the study assessed breast milk after just a single diet soda ingestion, researchers note that concentrations reported may underestimate true infant exposure via the breast milk. And future research should determine concentration after repeated exposures and whether chronic ingestion of artificial sweeteners via breast milk has clinically relevant health consequences, including alteration of taste preferences, gut microbiota, metabolism, and weight trajectory of the infants. A 2020 study published in Gut Microbes concluded that sucralose consumption in pregnant mice, quote, inhibited intestinal development, induced imbalance of gut microbiota and low-grade inflammation, and further disrupted gut barrier function in the three-week-old offspring. The researchers wrote, these data suggest that excessive sucralose should be taken with caution, especially during pregnancy and lactation, and also provide new insight into a better understanding of the pathogenesis 
of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in adulthood. Let's talk about bioaccumulation. And this is what I touched on a bit earlier. A 2018 study published in the Journal of Toxicology and Environmental Health concluded that sucralose could be seen in rat tissue two weeks after cessation of the 40-day feeding period, even though this compound had disappeared from the urine and the feces. Wow. Wow. These findings do not support the claims previously submitted to regulatory agencies that sucralose is a stable compound that, one, is not metabolized in vivo, meaning in the body, two, excreted unchanged in the feces, and three, clears the body within a few days. Data indicate that it may now be time to revisit the regulatory status of sucralose. Now, a North Carolina State University news release talks about a study finds sucralose produces previously unidentified metabolites that could be that sucralose succacetate that we were talking about earlier. Formation of toxic or carcinogenic compounds. In a 2019 study, the German Federal Institute for Risk Assessment pointed to cancer risks associated with cooking foods containing sucralose at a temperature of 250 degrees Fahrenheit or higher. Cooking at this temperature may lead to the formation of chlorinated organic compounds with a health-damaging potential, such as PCDD, which is polychlorinated dibenzo-P-dioxins, PCDD, PCDF, dibenzofurans, and chloropropanols. Consumption of these hazardous substances and toxins could lead to diseases such as cancer, the skin disorder, chloracne, as well as liver and kidney damage. Harmful compounds might be formed when foods containing the sweetener sucralose are heated. So this German agency published a review of 19 studies on sucralose in the journal Food Chemistry, and they concluded that sucralose can be degraded at high temperatures, like during the cooking or baking of sucralose-containing foods, and as a consequence, potentially toxic chlorinated compounds might be generated. Another study in scientific reports back in 2015 found decomposition in the form of CO2, along with the formation of hydrogen chloride and other minor compounds in heated food substances containing sucralose at temperatures of 200 degrees Fahrenheit and above. These findings not only corroborate the suspected instability of sucralose to high temperatures, but also indicate 
that even exposed to mild conditions, the formation of hazardous polychlorinated compounds is observed. Now, in a 2018 study published in Inflammatory Bowel Diseases, researchers found that given over a six-week period, sucralose worsens gut inflammation in mice with Crohn's disease. It had no substantive effect on those without the condition, however. So the findings suggest that people with Crohn's should think carefully about consuming Splenda or similar products containing sucralose and maltodextrin. Colon cancer. An article in 2020 in Frontiers in Oncology based on research on mice raised concerns about colon cancer risks associated with sucralose consumption. The study concluded that sucralose caused significant increases in the number and size of cancerous colon tumors. A likely mechanistic explanation would be that inflammation was exacerbated by sucralose. The study further surmised that a steady stream of sucralose in the diet could lead to impaired inactivation of digestive protease, which is an enzyme that, that breaks down protein, damage to the gut barrier and exacerbated inflammation. Another study from 2017, a study of mice in frontiers in physiology reported that sucralose consumption for six months altered the gut microbiome composition, fecal metabolites, and pro-inflammatory gene expression in the liver. The alterations induced by sucralose consumption could affect the development of inflammation and further influence other physiological functions in the body. Interesting stuff, right? So, two review studies published in 2023 this year raised health concerns about the class of non-sugar sweeteners, which include asulfamy-K, aspartame, advantame, cyclamates, neotame, saccharin, sucralose, and stevia. The World Health Organization advised people not to consume non-sugar sweeteners, including sucralose. The recommendation is based on the agency's systemic review of the most current scientific evidence that consumption of non-sugar sweeteners is associated with an increase in the risk of type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, and all-cause mortality, as well as weight gain and that replacing sugar with these non-sugar sweeteners does not help with weight control in the long term, right? People need to consider other ways to reduce their sugar intake, right? They need to consume fruit instead of cake. They need to have unsweetened food, unsweetened beverages, right? People should reduce the sweetness of the diet altogether starting early in life to improve health. In 2023, in Advances in Nutrition, 
includes data of 11 meta-analyses obtained from seven systematic reviews. The review reports that artificially sweetened beverages are associated with higher risk of obesity, type 2 diabetes, all-cause mortality, hypertension, and cardiovascular disease incidents. Splenda has a long history, apparently, of deceptive advertising. In its early days, McNeil Nutritionals, which is a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson, spent over $200 million marketing Splenda with the misleading slogan, made from sugar so it tastes like sugar, even though the product contains no natural sugars. The advertising campaign was the target of multiple lawsuits and regulatory reviews across the world. Courts or agencies in France, Australia, and New Zealand ruled the slogan was false and misleading and banned the advertisements from their respective countries. So, uh, interesting stuff. In the U.S., a similar lawsuit between Marisant and McNeil concluded that with an concluded with an undisclosed settlement. Splenda's current marketing in the U.S. no longer focuses on sugar, but on claiming health benefits for diabetes patients and people who are trying to lose weight. Despite science linking sucralose to obesity, diabetes, weight gain, increased appetite, and metabolic dysfunction. Splenda's current advertising campaigns also focus on debunking what manufacturers call junk science that raises health concerns about sucralose. Marketing campaigns target dietitians like myself, nutritionists, doctors, and nurses, asking them to refute the myths about health concerns linked to Splenda. And a program was run by Ketchum Public Relations Firm, which also has a long history of using defect deceptive tactics. So, Splenda also partners with, quote, science communicators. These might be influencers like Yvette D'Entremont, a.k.a. Cybabe, who promotes diet soda and claims to correct misinformation about artificial sweeteners and pesticide products, but did not always disclose she had been paid by Splenda and other companies to, to promote their products. So there is reams of research implicating Splenda as well as all of the other non-sugar sweeteners. Let me remind you, Aselfamik, Aspartame, Advantame, Cyclamates, Neotame, Saccharin, Sucralose, and listen, Stevia. Stevia is also implicated here. In doing things like changing microbiome may be contributing to inflammation in the gut. Bioaccumulation. It's the sucralose is found in human breast milk and babies. Let me get back to sucralose because that's, that's the topic of this part one and part two. The insulin impacts. Anything that tastes sweet to your taste buds will be a cause for your pancreas to secrete insulin provided your pancreas is working, right?
And anything that's an insulin trigger will put you metabolically into fat storage mode, which is one of the entire reasons to stop taking in these sweeteners, sugar and these non-sugar-based sweeteners like sucralose, a.k.a. Splenda, the yellow packet, right? But you, it keeps the sweet, the sugar addiction going. It keeps you craving sweets. And if you've been losing weight and you suddenly hit a weight loss plateau, that's the first thing to point to is your use of these other sweeteners because these are still insulin triggers. I can't tell you how many times I'd have patients on a low-carb diet, they're losing weight beautifully and suddenly they stop losing weight. No explanation. They are eating exactly the right way, all of that. They finally re revealed to me they're having either they're either using these non-sugar sweeteners or having diet soda, whatever it may be. As soon as they eliminate that, the plateau is over and the weight loss continues. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In. This is Intelligent Medicine. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.